Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Come on, let's lift our hands to God. Lord God, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive from heaven today. Lord, this day, I pray you'd speak to the life of our church, speak to our people. Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for the abundant blessing of God. It's so rich and so real. Father God, I pray, speak to your people today. Lord, let the word of God be strong. Let it be alive. Open hearts in the name of Jesus. Speak, we pray. The power of God fill this house in Jesus' name. Lord God, may we decrease so you can increase. Lord God, we thank you for what you're doing in the house by the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, I just pray for people who feel like calamity is coming into their house. Lord, we break the power of that right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, there's those sitting here today. You've got confusion in your spirit. Lord, I pray just settle that storm in people's hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord God, there's people here today and their world just isn't where it needs to be. God, I just pray let today be a word that can help maybe adjust that a little bit. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness and your grace. In the name of Jesus, the church said together, Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, guys. If you have a Bible, turn with me, please, the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6. And I really feel like God's got a word for, for the church today. God's been speaking to me. And a lot of what I'm going to share today is much about what God's talking to me personally, that I really feel is for myself, but also for our church. And, and I really do pray that you would be refreshed as God speaks to you. But I'm starting a two-week series uh, called The Secret Things, The Secret Things. And, and I, I want to look today a bit more specifically, uh, and I guess the title of today's part of our series is called Behind Closed Doors. And I want to have a look at a passage in Matthew chapter 6, which I'm sure you've all read before. And, and I want to have a look at verse 6. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses today, but I, I love how Jesus opens this. I think he is being very deliberate and very specific in this message. He's being very deliberate and very specific when he's talking to uh, the people of God. And, and I want to have a look at this, and maybe if the ushers could just turn that one down a little bit, it shouldn't be that loud. And uh, Matthew chapter 6, and I want to have a look at verse number 6. It says, but you, somebody say, but you. Look at your neighbor and say, but you. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. I love this. But you. It is, it is, Jesus is being direct. He's not sort of saying, oh, there was once, yea, verily, a Pharisee thus and so. He's going, you. No, no, no. Not Bill. Not Bob. You. He says, but you. When you pray. I love this. Not if you pray. Yeah. Let me say that again. Not if you pray. He says, 
when you pray. Can, can I just say right there, Jesus is not actually giving a command. He's just making an assumption that, that a right response to a healthy relationship with God is a good prayer life. It's a devotional life. It's a, it's a life that takes time to connect with God and talk to God. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut the door, he says, pray. And he starts talking about this, this, this thing, this place called the secret place. Now, it's interesting when we talk about the secret place because most of us have been in church a long time and so we've heard a pastor get up and preach about the secret place or talk about, talk about the secret place. And, and to be honest with you, it, it might be a term that if you're not familiar with, it's kind of weird. It's kind of it's a secret. It's kind of a secret. Uh, we're not going to tell anybody. It's just it's private. But that, that's not really the whole aim of the secret place is not uh, any kind of covert uh, secret thing. It's about you having a space in your life where fallen men through the blood of Jesus can communicate and commune and fellowship with the Holy God. And so you and I get to come into the presence of God boldly, but God gives us a space where we can touch heaven. Uh, And I'm not talking about a space here. This is not the secret place. This is an important place, but this is corporate. This is us getting together in the house of God, fellowshipping with Jesus. And, and so the secret place uh, is a place where you find God. It's that place where you connect with God. For some of you, uh, the place is early. One morning, you might get up and make yourself a cup of tea while everyone else in the house is still asleep and get into the Word for a, a period of time. That's how I do it. Uh, that's not true at all. Uh, I, some people say good morning, Lord. I still say good Lord. It's morning. And, but some people will get in the car and go for a drive and talk to God in their own time, get away from it all. But the Bible quite clearly says here when, 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 you, when you've closed the door, when you close the door. And, and, I, and I've been looking at this, uh, this passage. And, and one thing that is quite clear here is that there is, a, there is a moment where God says, hey, I want your undivided attention. Close the door. Now, 30 years ago, if you close the door, every distraction's gone. These days, we can take our distractions with us. We can take our phones. We can take all of those things. But the principle that God's saying is, I want you to get alone with me and close the door to everything else that's happening in your life right now. Because there is power behind closed doors. When you get into the presence of God, you have a God who is there and is waiting. I was telling my friend Javen Chavis uh, that I was preaching along these lines. And he said to me, he said, oh, Jensen Franklin once preached a message uh, that's one of his famous messages called The Father is Waiting. And I, I still haven't heard the message. I went looking for it this morning for inspiration slash plagiarism. And, but I couldn't find it. But here's the, here's the thing about this message. Uh, what Jensen's saying just in that title is something that we can know is true. God is always there. And, and the secret place is that place where you can be guaranteed that God the Father is there, positioned, ready to hear you come into the presence of God and talk to God. Let me say this. Every believer needs a secret place. Don't shout me down or anything like that. Every, every believer needs a secret place. You need to know that space where you can get in the presence of God and the touch of heaven uh, gets in your heart. And how do you get in the secret place? You, you cut off distractions. You pray in the spirit. You get in the word. <coughs> you worship God. You touch heaven and, and know that God is real and God is good. That secret place is something that every Christian uh, needs to be a part of. God said, Jesus said it when you pray. This is, this is how you cultivate 
a, a prayer life that's rich and real, uh, you've, got, you've got to know your secret place. I, I know for some, it'll be, for my dad, it'll be going into the, into the hills and seeking God in the hills and, and, and getting rid of all outside interference and just touching God. For some of you, it may be a part of your house where you can physically close the door. Maybe it's in your vehicle. Maybe, maybe you, you, you like to get out in nature and, and, and feel God and creation and talk to Him. But do you know one thing about the secret place? It's a place of prayer. It's a place of worship. It's a place where we pray in the Spirit. It's a place where you touch God away from here. You know, there, there were five foolish and five wise virgins in Scripture. And the Bible says that five of them had oil for their lantern and five didn't. And what happened? When, when, when the midnight hour came, uh, those that had uh, oil in their lamps, they, they, they got to uh, have, have connection with the bridegroom, which is a spiritual principle of us and salvation. It's us and the coming of the Lord. It's all of those things. But there were five foolish that didn't have oil in their lamps. They missed out on the hour of visitation. What, what am I trying to tell you? What I'm trying to tell you is in this room, some people have oil in the lamps, some don't. But because of the corporate light, sometimes we don't realize how much light we actually have, how much oil we actually have. But get, you get alone, you'll soon know in dark times. And, and, and the truth is that as a church, we, we need to be people that have oil in our lamp. I, I do not believe God's called us to be a superficial, cookie-cutter, northeastern Bible Belt church. I believe God's called us to be a people who, outside of this room, have a relationship with God, that know how to pray, that know how to touch heaven. Do you believe it this morning? Hallelujah. And, and so... As I'm studying this out, I start to see that God did some supernatural things behind closed doors. In the book of John, chapter 20, it was behind closed doors that Thomas saw the scars of a resurrected Jesus. In the book of Luke, chapter 8, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead behind closed doors. He was intentional about get out of here, and he took with him Peter, James, and John. We also know behind closed doors in 2 Kings 4 that Elisha raised up the Shunammite woman's son from the dead. That, that secret place was a place of healing and resurrection. Maybe it's dead dreams. Maybe it's sickness in your body. Let me tell you, we've got to get back to the secret place. Some of you are not living in victory because you're not going back to the place where victory is found. And the problem is too often we think this is the secret place. It's not the secret place. What happens here should be the culmination of all of us this week getting into the presence of God. And then we walk in here loaded, ready to go, ready to have church, ready to see revival. I tell you right now, a move of God is not if we have a wow service here on a Sunday, a revival in this church would be you and I getting back to a place where the secret place is all we want, all we want, all we long for. Let me say, let me, bless Jesus. Hallelujah. I told you I could dance. Now, let me say this. I've got the rhythm of a gum tree. This is what you need to know. In summer, when it's hot, there's nothing I like more than pulling into Mackets, getting a big Diet Coke with ice. And I, I, like the, I like how it gets a little watered down and it's just nice and cold. And you can see on, on that cardboard little cup how, how it gets condensation on the side on a hot day and you, you drink it and it's beautiful. But how many know that if you drink Diet Coke on a hot day, you might think you're quenching your thirst, but you're actually making yourself more dehydrated. But do you know, if you make the decision like I do every year, I'm not going to drink any stupid poisonous soft drinks. I'm going to drink water because it takes a lot to keep this physique looking so beautiful. Ah, to the glory of God. At least an amen from over there would have been nice. But thank you, Dan. Thank you. Amen to you too, bro. To the glory of God. 
I'd like to clarify that I was sort of more there. Would have been nice. We're in a confused world right now. We don't need to add any more confusion here in the house. Do but you know, I, every year I make this decision, I'm going to drink sparkling water. You know, after about a week, that's what you feel like. And you might find going to the secret place for the first little while is just a discipline. But there'll come a time where your thirst changes and you're like, that's where I want to be. And I want to encourage you, push through until you actually long. Like David said, I hunger, I thirst. Uh, for you in a land where there is no rain or water, as a deer panteth for the water, so longs my soul after you. Can I, can I tell you, as, as the household of faith, we individually, I'm not preaching to the house, I'm preaching to you. I feel like God's calling you back. The Father's waiting. Come back to the secret place and seek him. Some people don't realize the power of a closed door. We're always believing for the open door. Can I tell you, God closes as many as he opens. And some people walk through open doors that God hasn't opened and they try to open closed doors that God doesn't want open. And sometimes God closes the door because he's got a different door to open and we've got to to get discernment. Closed doors are a powerful thing. I'm sort of jumping out of my message, but I'll jump back in. But but the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16.9, Paul wrote to the Corinthians uh, and he says, a great door for effective work is open to me. And then uh, Jesus said to the church at Philadelphia in Revelation 3, verse 8, I've placed before you an open door which no man can shut. And so we go, oh, praise God for the open door. Have a look at this, Acts 16, 4. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Poor Asians. (laughs) Forbidden by the Holy Spirit. That sounds like a closed door to me. God will open one door and he'll close another door. We need to realize closed doors are actually a powerful thing. Closed doors tell me that God's got something else. Closed doors tell me I need to still keep seeking his face. Sometimes a closed door is an opportunity for you to close the door and get into the presence of God and say, God, I will not let go. I will hold on to you. I'm going to the secret place because I know you've got a word for me. And church, I want to encourage you. I feel like God has put an assignment in my spirit today. For those in this room, those listening online, you know, over 100,000 people have listened to the podcast to come out of this church across the world. They're listening to them in Europe and South America, all over the world. And I give God praise and I give God thanks for that. But I want to tell you, wherever you are, you might be right here in this building today. They might be listening to this somewhere in Siberia. It doesn't matter where they are or where you are. God is calling his church back to the secret place to hear from heaven and let God speak and do a work in the name of Jesus. Why? I'll tell you why. Because there is stuff in the secret place. You won't find here. And some people's whole relationship with God is based on Sunday. What happens if my preaching's terrible for a month? It's never happened. I hope you're laughing with me. But can, can I tell you right now, what if, what if spiritually the atmosphere here goes through an ebb, not a flow? And this is all your... Imagine if you only ate on Sundays. I have to eat three times a day. Six times a day sometimes. I want to encourage you. You can't give us this day our daily bread is actually what comes later on in this passage. It doesn't say give us this week our weekly bread. And I want to encourage you. Let's, 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 
Come back to the secret place because there's treasure in the secret place. I want to give you five things you'll find behind closed doors this morning. Five things you'll find behind closed doors. Five things that you'll discover in the secret place. Number one, the secret place isn't a secret. The secret place isn't a secret. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 18, he he says this, uh, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The Bible also says that which is done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. We use that negatively. If you're in hidden sin, it's going to be shouted from the rooftops. You who do online gambling, you who can't think of any other sins, I'm too pure. You who don't really make change during the offering, you actually make a profit. seen you do it but what you do in that space will impact you in the arena of what people see in your own life if you're if you're touching heaven in private it's going to impact your family your friends your world around and about you what happens in private has an impact on your public life see if i stand up here and i haven't been in the secret place I think it's going to start to get obvious as time goes on because there's no oil flowing. There's no presence. There's no authority. There's a time where God's grace is there and he'll anoint you. But after a while, you're running on methodology. You're running on talent and gifting. But God's, we, need, we need to make sure there's oil in our lamp that we, that we acquire in, in, the, in the secret place. Number, number two, I, lo- I love this. Number two, the secret place brings reward. The Bible says in Matthew 6, and we're still looking at verse 18, the father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The Bible says he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. To me, diligently seeking God sounds like going to the secret place. That diligently seeking God. Pastor Andrew preached an incredible message about that. Pastor Andrew Evans a few months ago. And this is what he started saying. He said, every time he's seen significant breakthrough in his life, and seen significant blessing is when he's made the time to seek God. God's brought reward. Now, it's, it, it sounds like a weird thing because it's like, if you go, you're going to get a reward. Glory to God. It's not about that. It's about if you tap into the depths of God, he can trust you with greater. And that's a reward. God trusting you with provision. God trusting you with wisdom. God trusting you with authority. God trusting you with his anointing. And church, I want to I encourage us today. There are things we want to get from God. There's things we're believing God for, but we're not willing to pay that price to tap into that place where God's reward is, is so important to us. I need, I need everything that God's got. I, I know that there's things that God wants to do through my life and through your life. And the only way to make that happen is to tap into God in that place where there's ne- not necessarily a band to help you pray. There, there, there's not a preacher to tell you what to pray. There's not, there's not a whole lot of other saints. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. If you can't pray in private, you'll never be able to pray in public. We need to, we need to, we need to get into that space where we, know how to, where we know how to talk to God. Now, let's have a look at Psalm 91 for a minute. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I'm getting happy today. Do you love Jesus this morning? Somebody say, our God is an awesome God. Psalm 91, he who dwells, verse 1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Does it remind you of that terrible old song? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. 
<laughs> shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. So he that dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now let's have a look at that for a minute. The word shadow, overshadowing. Same word for when the Holy Spirit came upon uh, Mary, overshadowing Mary, Jesus uh, was birthed in her womb. There's something about the overshadowing of God that produces something, that produces something that you get out of nothing supernaturally. There are things that God wants to produce in you and put into the womb of God's potential in your life that only comes by being in the secret place. He says, he that dwells in the secret place uh, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, now there's one promise, and, and then verse 3, he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler, that's demon spirits. The Bible says, under his wings you shall take refuge. The wings speak of the mercy seat. Now, I don't have time to get into that too much today, but that means bold access into the presence of God. If you dwell in the secret place, you have access into the presence of God. In fact, to be honest with you, you don't even have to dwell there. Just go there and you've got access as a child of God. But dwelling there, I guess the access just becomes wider to you in your, in, in your world. And then he says, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid by the terror by night. That's unexpected demonic attack nor the arrow that flies by day, that's open attack, or the destruction that lays waste at noonday, that's covert attack. So he basically says, if you abide in my presence, I'll protect you from direct, indirect, or covert attacks of the enemy. Wow. I don't know about you, but the enemy's got the big guns of hell pointed at you and me. And, and I need more than just what I get here on Sunday. To be honest with you, I don't get a lot. I'm the one having to dish it out. Nice to be able to do what you do each week, just sit back and just listen to the anointed word of God proclaimed by a modern day orator, a Spurgeon, if you will. <laughs> Being stupid. Can I say I'm a little jet lagged? I got up at four this morning and when the jet lag comes, the, the filter leaves. He says this, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near to you. No evil shall befall you. Verse 10, no plague shall come near your dwelling. Verse 11, he'll give angels charge over you. Verse 13, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Verse 16, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. How does long life come? By living long. I know that's deep, but it's true. The things that will cause your life to get cut short seem to me to be overcome in the secret place. A reward is health. A reward is the healing power of God. A reward, as we already looked at with Thomas, is a revelation of Jesus. Even in the book of Acts, they're in, they in a room with closed doors, and that's when the Holy Ghost fell. There is more in that secret place for you than anywhere else on this planet. David said, I, I tell you, I feel the presence of God on this. David said, he said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Why was he saying that? Do you know where he was? He, he, he somehow got a hold of uh, Moses' tabernacle and he sets this thing up. You've got to realize this is about 1,500, 1,800 years later or whatever it is. And, and this, this tabernacle that was made of badger skin and, 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 and different kinds of silk and to create this tent of meeting, this temporary tent of meeting. By the time he got it, it was tattered, it was broken down. Moth had eaten it and destroyed it. The place would have had an aroma. It would have just been decayed and wrecked. But he'd put that up and 
what he was saying is he'd go into that holy place where he knew Moses touched God, where the high priest had touched God. And he'd walk into that same space and he'd go and he'd probably see the light of day coming through when it should have been pitch black. And the thing was broken and wrecked. The Ark of the Covenant was not even there. The very thing. He just knew that the presence of God had been in that space. And this is what he said. I'd rather this than the white sands of Hawaii. I'd rather this than than looking over the Grand Canyon. I'd rather this than than, than swimming the Barrier Reef. I'd rather this than looking at the great uh, uh, sunsets of Kilimanjaro. He said, I'd rather be right here for one day here than a thousand days in all of those places. Because here, here is a secret place where I sense your presence. Come on, give the Lord a shout if you believe that this morning. There's reward in the secret place. Number three, the secret place is a safe place. The secret place is a safe place. It's a safe place. Now, this this might seem a bit self-focused, but it's a place where you can be yourself. And really, God didn't give too many commands. Talks a bit about forgiveness later on in the passage. Basically, he says, don't be unforgiving. And the other, other thing he says, he says in verse 7 of Matthew 6, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. That's what he thinks. A vain repetitions. For they think that they'll be heard for their many words. In other words, he's saying, I don't want you to come in and be so full of beautiful sounding verbiage. I want you to come in and just have a heart that's real before God. Be authentic. Be real. How easy is it to come into the presence of God at prayer meetings? And you've got someone near you praying. They're praying with authority. They're praying. And then sometimes we feel like our words are like, Lord, I'm having a bad day. I love you. God's going, that's the kind of prayer I like. I was in a meeting the other day in another state in another city here in Australia and and I was getting ready to preach and there was this guy just sort of set, I was sort of on the front row kind of on the side there and there was a guy behind me and, and I'm, not, I'm not arrogant enough to think that people uh, perform for me but people do do weird things sometimes in front of guest speakers and, and all of that. You've got to trust me. I've just been doing this too long and people will try to impress you with something spiritual, you know, and it's, it's weird, you know, very uncomfortable. And, and so I'm worshipping, we're singing some song, I can't remember what song it was, I'm just worshipping God. And this guy's praying quite loudly, and I knew it was for my benefit. I just knew. You know when people make a phone call for your benefit? They're on the phone to someone else, but really they're talking for everyone else to just see how amazing their call is. So we're worshipping the Lord, and then this guy's going, I come against every plan of darkness in this place. And he goes, oh God, let the anointing just come touch, every, touch a generation, God. I remember he was using the word generation. It was just sending me mental. So I just thought, forget this, I can't hack it. So I walked to the other side of the room and I worshipped with teenagers who were just going, God, I love you, God, I worship you. You, you know, it was just real. It was, the touch of God was over there. I couldn't handle this vain repetition. And that's what, God, that's what God's saying. We don't need to pray so other people are impressed. Just... Come to me with a real heart. I think, I think it's, it's clear to me that God's just saying to the church, be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, not, let's not be unauthentic. Look, I love the theater of church. I love the church being good. I like to 
speak as well as I can. I want church to have a degree of professionalism or excellence. But at the same time, I don't want that to be the noise we make to heaven. I want the the noise we make to heaven to be real and from our heart uh, by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. So how do you pray when you get into the secret place? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Just talk to God, much like you talk to your own Father and on earth, if if that works for you. This morning, I was in my study. I woke up quite early, and I'm I'm doing my message prep, and 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 James he walks in. Sam had already come in with Donna showing me his toys. James just walks in. I'm typing away, working, getting this message, just putting the final touches on it, and and he just comes in. He didn't ask permission. He didn't he didn't knock on the door and say, uh, Father, in the name of Mum, I come before you this morning with a heart full of gratitude for the kindness you show me by providing this roof over my head and nourishment for my physical body. He didn't say that. He should have. And because he didn't, he, he did get a belting. But... <laughs> he has walked in, sat on, my, sat on my knee while I was working and started telling me about bugs and fishing. And which is what we're going to do this afternoon, aren't we, James? Yeah, good. Thank you. What are we going to catch? How many? How many? Hundred. Well, that's a lot of cockles. Well, we're going to do hundred. We believe in God. And you say, why, why, are you, why are you telling me that? Because that's exactly how we enter. The father's just sitting there. He might be preparing a message. I don't know what he's doing, but if you come and just say, hey, how's it going? The father's waiting and he's calling us in. It's that natural. We don't need to be, oh God, therefore, as a chosen child of God, I beseech thee, therefore, in the name of the one who walketh on the waters of the earth. We don't, we don't need to do anything like that. We can go, God, I love you. And right there, we're in. And I'll talk more about practicalities of the secret place next week. But I want to go on. I've got two more thoughts. Number four, the secret place is a place where prayer is answered and needs are met. Some of you aren't getting your prayers answered. Can I, t- can I tell you why that is? You're not going to the secret place. And it's not like God sits there and goes, well, you should be in the secret place. He's not vengeful. He's not mean. But that is the point of contact where God releases things. See, God releases things supernaturally before he does naturally. He'll put the title deed in your hand before you actually take a hold of it. That's what faith is. Faith knows that God's going to come through before God comes through. There's a sense of conviction in our spirit that God is going to do what he's promised. That's what faith does. So faith goes to the secret place, talks to God. And this is what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Why? So it's not there going, well, I know what you need, but I'm just going to wait. No, your coming into the secret place forges your ability to receive from God. It's not like God's unwilling to move out. God will move outside of these parameters, but he gives us a system of divine exchange. Secret place, reading the word, praying, worshiping, talking to God, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's pretty simple. And that's the place where prayers are answered. Can I say, if I said to Donna, uh, you know, I would like a glass of water. In fairness, I would probably get it myself. Uh, but, but, but my point is, I'm not trying to sound chauvinistic. I don't sit around. So if I said to Donna, if I, if I thought in my head, I'd love a glass of water, and I really think it, hope Donna gets me one. I can't get mad at Donna if she's not got me a glass of water because I've thought it passionately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Prayer has to leave your mouth. Yeah. 
And Christians don't understand it. God spoke to me. God has, I've said this all over the world. There are people not getting answered prayers because you haven't prayed them. You've got to, in the name of Jesus. And just let them out. They're there. Some of them are here. They're there and they're tormenting your head. Get them out in the name of Jesus and give them to God and watch what he will do. You know, some of you need to say, money, I need you to come in Jesus' name. So you go, you can't say that. Let me tell you, I say that all the time. I want to take the gospel to the world. I need money. I've got the anointing and I just need some cash and we can take it in Jesus' name. Now, if you said that in America, they'd shout amen in Adelaide. <laughs> Let me tell you, I still believe he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Guess what? I'm going to cash in some. Gates are a pearl. Anyway. Gee, I love preaching at home. I'm preaching some of the most... Number five. You sit like... Number five. Maybe if a keyboard player, whoever. Honestly, even if you can't play, just come. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Matthew 6. But when you pray, number five, God is always present in the secret place. Say that again. God is always present. And I know we covered that, but if you have a Bible or a smartphone or however you look at your scripture, just underline this word. But, when, but you, when you pray, go into, the, go into your room. When you've shut the door, pray to the Father. Listen, listen to this word. This, this unlocks everything. It says who is in, that's, that's, that's a fixed position. That is an ongoing promise. He is in the secret place. He's, in, he's there. Right now, if you left church today and said, okay, I'm going to spend time with God in prayer. I'm going to shut the door on distractions. You go and talk to God. He's there. Yeah. To think that if I wanted an audience with the premier or the prime minister, I probably just wouldn't get one. But the God of heaven and earth is there open for business and at any time I can go and see him with boldness and talk to him. Wow! And, and the truth is most of us are not taking him up on that. And I feel like God's saying, hey, I'm waiting for you. I'm in the secret place. Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I know it's an old school word, but somebody say hallelujah. I heard somebody say you can't be depressed and say Hallelujah. I tried it, and you can, but it's... No, I mean, praise God. We worship you. The secret place. Can I say... Let me tell you. Next week, I'm going to talk to you practically. How to, how to function in the secret place. How it works. Principles. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to study and meditate on the Word. And, and I really feel like God's talking to me. Uh, church, what God's doing here is wonderful. But for us to go to the next phase of what God does, it's not going to be the latest idea to come down the pipe. For us to take the ground God's calling us to, it's actually, I'm talking to you, saying, hey, would you, would you go deeper with God? We can do another gimmick. There's a new one that comes down the pipe all the time. We can do 40 days of this. We can do this system. We can initiate that program. But do you know what would actually make this church? Getting revival would be you having a revival. It'd be me having a revival. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
tapping into God and saying, God, hey, I'm in the secret place. I'll tell you this morning when James walked into my study, it couldn't have been a clearer picture of how I felt towards him. Even if it meant I only had three points and I just chatted with him, it would have been totally worthwhile to me because the, the highest goal for me is to be his dad and for him to love me and me to love him. And I say all that to say this, that there's treasure for you in that secret place with God. And some of you, you've been saved a long time. You know why there's cobwebs on your Christianity? You haven't been doing this. I'm not being mean. There's never a point in our walk with God where we graduate from needing this. Pastor Wendy, you've been saved, what? A long time. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to make jokes, but you've been born again, same length as my dad, I want to say, so probably 40-odd years. Do you still feel the need to spend time alone with God and talk to him? More now than ever. Why, why do you get around these guys? I said it about George and Sophie in the last service. Why, why is it with them? The older they, they, they get. I'm not, I'm not being disrespectful about age. But the older these guys get, the more they've got to say. Whereas some people, the older they get, the grumpier they get. But I feel like the old people in our church, there's something about them. Like you want to hang around with the oldies around here. But why? Because these guys, you know, when you hear them talk, they're not giving you revelation from 50 years ago. They're giving you what God's saying today. And you know, for me, I pray that when I'm a bit more advanced in years, I'm still hearing from God fresh. God's talking to me. When's the last time God spoke to you? Maybe he's been trying. He's saying, I've actually got things I want to tell you, but you haven't, you haven't visited. You haven't come. And church, that's, that's my admonition for you. Admonition is not a harsh word. It's encouragement. It's an exhortation. It's a challenge today. Say, will you come back? I don't know really how, I don't think there's an altar call for this. It's homework. Go home and get in the presence of the Lord. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.